You have just tuned in to the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight podcast. This is the place where everyday conservative America hangs out. I'm known as the one, the only, the Jim Wood. And with me as always, my friend, my brother, my co-host, Dwight Williams. Join us as we break down this week's events in America and the rest of the world. You get news analysis, color commentary on life, and sometimes things that just make us laugh. So sit back, tune out the rest of the world around you, and hang out for the next hour or so with your friends here in the Liberty Room. All right, before we get all fun and friendly and happy and, you know, silly, let's get the business over with. Go for it. Welcome to the Liberty Room, everybody. Don't forget uh, the Liberty Room, the podcast where, you know, we just talk about stuff. Yep. Yeah. Well, if you like the podcast, make sure you go to thelibertyroom.com. Well, if they don't like the podcast. Well, then they can come hang out with me on Wednesdays, on Wednesdays with Jim. Ah, that's a very Everybody good likes Wednesdays with Jim. Yeah, who wouldn't? I'm telling you, you know, it's the it's where, it's where all the hip cats are going. Wow. <laughs> you just dated yourself there. Hip cats. That was long before my my time. I just, <laughs> That's like Danny Zuko time <laughs> from Greece. Way back then. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's even before that. The hip cat. That's like 50s. Okay. Yeah. Wolfman Jack. Uh, okay. You know who Wolfman Jack was? I know the name. I know the reference. Uh, he was a yeah. very famous radio DJ. Rock and roll radio DJ. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. The podcast, you can get to through the libertyroom.com that you can share with your friends. Make sure you paste that uh, address up on your uh, social media pages mm-hmm. uh, on a regular basis. Like MySpace? MySpace? Yeah. That's social media. Well, you know, MySpace is still out there. Vine? Uh, Vine's coming back. I hear that, yeah. So yeah, you can if you can do an eight-second video with uh, you know, the libertyroom.com in the background, by all means, help yourself. Imagine if we put the Liberty Room on Vine. Oh How my many God! Eight second clips we'd have for like an every hour, episode. hour to hour and a half episode in eight <laughs> seconds sound bites. Right. Oh my goodness! Anyway, don't worry. We're on all your favorite podcast providers: Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google, uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Castbox, Anchor, uh, uh, Radio Public. Um, you name it, we're on it. We're out there. We're everywhere. You cannot run from us. We will find you. <laughs> or no, you have to come find us. That's actually. true. Yeah, yeah it's kind do. of a reverse hide and seek. Yeah. Anyway, and Wednesdays with Jim, the brother show to uh, the Liberty Room podcast. Every Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, on, live on five different platforms, on uh, Facebook, on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Telegram. We're so happy to be on Twitter now. Thank you, Elon Musk. Thank you, Elon Musk. We're on Twitter where we feel like we can say what we want to now. Um, Not that it ever held us back before. Right. Um, Also, don't forget thejimwood.com. That's the website to get to it. When you go to thejimwood.com, it takes you to thelibertyroom.com. When you go to thelibertyroom.com, it takes you to thejimwood.com. It's an evil circle. But it works. (laughs) I just had to put that in there since, you know, we're in the... Still a little bit in Halloween spirit. Post-Halloween, yeah. Well, post-Halloween, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, now that we got the business over with. Well, you mentioned all the providers we have for the podcast, but yes. did you hear that Amazon is coming out with their own podcast service? Really? They are. Does that mean people's going to be able to find the Liberty Room on Amazon? Well, I'm hoping so. So I was doing a little bit of reading on it, and yeah. apparently right now, um, so what happened apparently is they had something like access to like 100,000 different 
you know, you know, music songs and stuff, right? Yeah. But they they couldn't compete with Apple and all the other like Spotify and everything. So now they've got like a a, a catalog of like a hundred million songs. Okay. okay. So they're beginning to step that up. Well, yeah. they're talking about also stepping up their game in the podcast era, uh, podcast arena. So we uh-huh. should be able to in the future add our podcast to their service. I want Jeff Bezos on the phone now. I am a prime subscriber. Me too. I should move to the head of the line. Hang on, let me call him up. Hello. Yeah, I need to talk to Jeff Bezos, please. Oh, he won't take our phone call. I wonder why. Does, oh, he found out we're conservatives. That's right. Does your phone actually make boop 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 noises? Yes, it does. Maybe you need a new phone. Well, you want to do it again? Here you go. Boop 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 boop. <laughs> Time for you to move up to Android, son. <laughs> <laughs> I will not go to the dark side oh, of the Android. Oh my goodness. So no, um, so good. Uh, so soon enough, we'll be on Amazon when they get their platform going. Yeah, once they do, and and once uh, Anchor, the 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 folks that give us that that's who we use as our provider. Um, you know, they they stay on top of things. So because they're with Spotify, so they're yep. they're they're up there. Well, they were smart smart enough to handle the Liberty Room. So, they were. Yeah. yeah. Good deal. And look how popular they are now. That they have us on there. Uh, apparently, Amazon got in the business. If it hadn't been for us, who knows what would have happened? I bet you Joe Rogan never would have got his podcast back had it not been for them picking us up. That's a good. Re- uh, that sounds legitimate to me. I think so. I got you. Yeah. All right, Hey, Rogan. You're welcome. Yeah. Now share that hundred million dollar contract with us. Lord have mercy. You'd think you'd get an email, a text message, a phone call, or something. Even one percent would be fantastic. Ungrateful, I'm telling you. I know. Some anyway, jeez. All right. So it being post Halloween, what's the next holiday we have coming up? Uh, we have. Uh, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say Christmas, but actually it's Thanksgiving. Wrong. We do have Thanksgiving coming up, but it's not the next holiday. Oh well, what is it then? The next holiday yes. is Election Day. What's that? Election Day. Aren't you the chairman of the Republican committee here? I've been told that. Yeah. But what's Election Day? Can you explain it to me? Election Day is when we all get to exercise our God-given American right to go up and cast our vote for who we want to be our representative in local, state, and federal governments. Didn't we have 45 days of that, though? I've already voted. Oh, but at least now in Virginia, it's a holiday. People get off work for that. Oh, do they really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I knew it was being discussed. I didn't know if it actually went yeah. through or not. But supposed okay. to, well, I mean, some government workers get off. That doesn't mean everybody else does. I don't. Yeah, I'm taking the day off, but that's because, well, I can. Yeah. Well, you're the boss. I'm kind of the boss. So I'm taking the day off. So um, also, I have other things to do on election day other than uh, being a gun runner, as you've always put it. Well, yeah. I'm actually not working that day, so that's good. Um, I got the week off, which is that's great. First time good. in quite a while. So it'll be nice. So on yeah. election day, we'll be at our ward meeting and greeting and shaking babies and kissing hands. There you go. And that's the exact order it should happen. Oh, you know me. Yeah. So, yeah. No. Shake, shake the babies. You know, make sure you shake them hard. You know, just <laughs> make sure they know, vote so, for me. So, so it, it, it's always a running joke on Armed Forces Radio or Armed Forces Television. They do all these public service announcements. And, mm-hmm. you know, some of it's because of PTSD and other things. And uh, there's a child abuse commercial that's been on Armed Forces TV for the longest time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's don't shake your baby. You know, and of course the imagery is, you know, there's a, a soldier who comes home and he's had a high stress day and a high st- and the kid won't stop crying. He goes to the crib and picks it up and just starts shaking it because he's so frustrated. Mm-hmm. You know, don't shake your baby. 
And we used to joke about that all the time, especially being with that infantry humor where mm-hmm. really it's not acceptable in public. Right. You know, you'd make some private do push-ups or something and somebody walk behind your ear and go, don't shake the baby. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. No, so now, yeah, it's kind of, kind of has a double meaning for the military folks out there versus mm-hmm. the civilians. But yeah, just kind of a funny little play on words. We're not, we're not shaking babies, folks. I don't want to get any emails saying that, you know, I'm a child abuser. Well, that would be a good thing. If you were a child abuser, I'd, yeah. Yeah, no place. We, we, no we, place we, for we, it. We would have a very have a different, tough discussion. Different relationship. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why we get along so well is because I don't shake the baby. Good. Good. Please don't. Oh, don't the, let me catch you. The activist will get a hold of this clip or recording of me talking about shaking babies, and uh, next thing you know, she'll twist it around the, and say, the "Cancel culture will be knocking on my door." Yeah, child services. Excuse yeah. me, sir, but do you have any babies at this address? Yeah, and all those babies that come knocking on my door to cancel me, mm-hmm. I'll shake the crap out of every one of them. Activist, did you get that? <laughs> did you hear him say that? He will shake the crap out of babies who come to his door. Adult babies. Oh, you meant adult. See, adult she'll babies. she'll cross out that adult. She'll cancel yeah. that part out and just be just babies. So, well, she's not really an adult, so it doesn't matter. She's an idiot, so you know. Yeah. I'll say it. I got no problem with that. Yeah, she's been out there kind of trying her best to be negative towards me. So I saw one of her posts that said that we can't let the Jim Wood get on city council. So it's official now, man. Yeah. When somebody like her, the activist who hates me, refers to me as the Jim Wood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, how, how, can he get any better? Well, she could call you His Excellency. Uh, soon she'll be calling me Honorable. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord Reverend. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've had some of the uh, prompted haters coming out of the woodwork since I've been running for council. Oh, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Yeah, we have another one who tried her best to say something bad about me, mm-hmm. but was just, it was kind of a joke. What'd she say? If you can you can you share it? Um, it was something along the lines of being being known for um, for uh, uh, the football and cheer, where I used to run the little league football and cheer mm-hmm. around here. Yeah, that even though I'm ingrained, like you know, even though people like him because he did all this volunteer work for kids, we still can't have him on city council. Um, seems like volunteer work with the kids groups is a positive. Well, not to her. It's a negative now. It kind of, yeah. yeah. Volunteering is a negative thing these days. Yeah. So no more volunteering. And apparently I'm not a homophobe, I'm not a racist, homophobe, xenophobe, something phobe, something phobe, something phobe, Mm -hmm. but I still scare her that that's a possibility that I could be on city council. Ooh. Must be your shaking babies thing. I guess. I don't know. That's got to be what it is. I've never been so confused in an insult in all my life. <laughs> but was it really an insult? I don't know what she was trying to say. It's like he he's not a bad guy, but no. Yeah. He's he's good to kids and, and, and other people in the community, but we can't have it. Um, if he's a guy who gets along with everybody and he goes out of his way to spend time you know, helping youth programs, and other than my different side of the aisle of politics is hers, there's nothing bad you could say about me other than just, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I have a solution for you. Okay. You got to do something bad. Um, That's well, what she needs is for you to do something bad. Like, I don't know. Get elected? 
That is bad. <laughs> for her. For her, it's for very her, bad. It yeah. seems like it. So I bet you if you get elected, she'll vote for you next time. <laughs> you think so? Yeah, because okay. you've got, you got a bad streak. I got you. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I, listen, this election cycle, um, and now there's some people that are scratching their head going, why did I tune into this episode? You know, I'm questioning why I'm even here tonight. Um, Let's just start over. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to the Liberty Room. <laughs> No, I mean this election cycle, man. I'm telling you, it's it's nuts out there. There's so m- you got uh, Warnock in Georgia against Herschel Walker, yep. and I mean they're bringing these women out of the woodwork who swear up and down he tried to force me to get an abortion in 1989, you know, or or you know decades ago. Mm-hmm. Well, um, who was Herschel Walker then versus who Herschel Walker is now? You know. People have people change. He may have. He may not have. I wasn't there. I don't know. I can't say that I believe it. I can't say that I don't believe it. But he's running against a guy named Warnock. What's his first name? Raphael. Raphael Warnock, who claims to be a preacher, a pro-choice preacher. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, at, at our gun club, um, instructors are held to a higher standard. If you're a fire, if you're a certified firearms instructor, you know what the rules are in the gun club. Mm-hmm. And every now and somebody could mess up and 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 violate uh, a minor rule at the club that's really not harmful to anybody. And we just go, hey man, just don't forget next time. But if you're an instructor, you have to set the example. Sure. And we see so we have a separate set of rules for the instructors in our gun club because you have to be held to that higher standard. If not, then you're not going to be an instructor to gun club. All right. If you're a preacher, I don't care if it's in politics. I don't care if it's in everyday business. I don't care no matter what your role, everyday role is in life. When you accept that role as pastor or preacher or father or padre or rabbi or whatever your church leader's name is, Mm -hmm. you're held to a higher example, a higher standard. Oh, yeah. And now there are people down there who are questioning, uh, Herschel Walker, which everybody, you have the right to ask those questions. But right in front of you is a pastor who is pro-choice. Doesn't that tell you everything you need to know about that man? You'd think. But but the problem is that people people are willfully ignorant. They, they follow yeah. exactly what the media tells them. And we all know I mean, the, the media is carrying the water bucket for basically any liberal, any Democrat out there. Sure. I mean, you look, I mean, look at Fetterman. Oh yeah. Prime example. I mean, even Don Lemon doesn't feel like he's fit for office. Don Lemon, who's not fit for TV, mm-hmm. thinks that Fetterman is not fit for office. Right. You got Kathy Hochul. You got, um, um, uh, what's her name in, uh, um, uh, Whitmer in Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the stuff that comes out of their mouth really uh, you've got to question their fit for any office, not just governor, not just senator. You know, you got to, you got to, but to, th- these people follow them religiously. Well, we've talked about this, you know, here locally, there, there's a church that had a, that had a pastor who um, was a prominent church here in town. Yeah. Prominent um, denomination. Uh-huh. And they had a pastor who was preaching and talking on Facebook and social media about how God is androgynous and how he has no gender and you know that trans you know the, the whole trans kids issue that, that that god would be okay with that, that sort of thing and the church did nothing about it yeah the, the the people in the church themselves the parishioners did nothing about it 
Yeah. Here's a guy who's like Warnock, willfully preaching something that is against the gospel, against the word of God. And the people are like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, no, no problem. There's a reason why we, look, 500 years ago, before the Bible existed, right, you basically had like a few scrolls and the priest read you out of them. Okay, or you had one Bible for the whole church and the priest read it. And you had to basically accept whatever he said because he had it. Nowadays, everyone has it. You can read it for yeah. yourself. Yeah. You can, I can go to Walmart, I can buy one for 10 bucks, okay, and read the Word of God myself. Know, know that it says that it's against abortion. It, it's, you know, God has a gender. It's very clear. But what I'm getting is that people willfully bury their heads in the sand. They want to hear what sounds good to their ears. And they just go along with it. Well, I mean, you know, and it's not just the fact that we've got a a man running for office in Georgia um, who's a preacher that believes in pro-choice, but I mean, you with Fetterman and Hochul and Whitmer, right? And what's the the crazy lady who won't um, in Arizona that won't? Uh, uh, oh, the one uh, running against Carrie Lake. Yeah, the one that won't yeah. debate Carrie Lake. I mean, you hear, it, but. Uh, you know, how can I not be surprised that they have the support they do when you got so many people that carry that water bucket, as you say, for Joe Biden, for some of the crap that comes out of his mouth? Or even our vice president. Oh, I love school buses. <laughs> little yellow school buses. I'm going to get me a little yellow school bus for the Wednesday night show. Oh, yeah, if I'd have had one, I'd have been hugging it and loving it and kissing on it and stuff because I'm really love. I mean, who doesn't love a little yellow school bus? Okay. That's, I'm glad you like that. That's Jim. so ri- ridiculous. Did you see her with that? <laughs> I, I've heard about. It. I haven't seen oh her with God. it. Oh my God! I mean, she couldn't. She gets stuck in a loop sometimes, and mm-hmm. she can't get out of it. Yeah. And it's like you know, look, kids, Parliament, Big Ben. I mean, it's just you know, <laughs> it's non freaking stop. But anyway, I you know, election day's coming up, folks, and and if you're listening to this. On uh, on Friday at noon when it first comes out, then you know the clock's ticking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, from we're down to just a few short days when this airs that uh, you've got to go vote. And honestly, um, in Virginia, this comes out on Friday. You have Friday and Saturday to early vote, and that's it. Mm-hmm. So then you have to be there on election day. Um, and getting when I've been out, out door knocking, you know, I see the people who are frustrated with these idiots on TV. You know, um, the fact that I guess I do come across with some common sense, you know, for some people. Thanks. I appreciate that vote of confidence. No problem, man. Um, I'll be here all night. You know, they do nothing but make a guy like me look good when you got Fetterman spewing some of the vile stuff that he spews or mm. or, or uh, Hokum or... Uh, Hokel. Uh, yeah, see, I call her Hokum. Okay. You ever watch Big Bang Theory? Oh, yes. Yeah. Sheldon always said, that's a bunch of Hokum. Oh, is that what yeah. he said? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and then you, and Whitmer and it just, it's just crazy. You know, some of the stuff that's coming out of Charlie Chris's mouth and oh gosh. yeah, he's a winner for you. Did you the, hear about his mask the thing? Former Republican. What was the mask thing? So now apparently he's going, but he's somewhere he's going back to Florida and he was quoted as saying that he's going to wear a mask on the airplane because Florida has an uptick in COVID infections. Uh, it's getting in the fall. People's getting the flu too. People yeah. get colds. I mean, it's, it's Yeah. No, that that Charlie, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, we can tell when he left the Republican Party. Went to do, you know anybody that is that well known that switches parties. I don't know that I could ever trust him. Even like a Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, you know she's always thought you know conservative, but she was a Democrat and she jumped. Um, would I ever trust a Tulsi Gabbard to run on the Republican ticket as for a, a major 
um, a major office, Congress, Senate, President. I don't know that I could. Not initially. Well, it no. goes back to even when Trump ran, she's right? She's better off behind a microphone and, and discussing things. Yeah, she's good analytically. Yes, that, um, that fits her better, but there's always going to be a trust issue there. Well, it's just like when Trump ran the first time. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's be honest. Trump, for the, if you look at his career, you look at what he supported, Trump was a liberal. Mm-hmm. So the, And I always kind of wondered, when did the switch occur? I mean, when you look at the life of Ronald Reagan, you can see where the switch occurred. Sure. Okay. He, you know, he, there was a switch happened. He became a conservative. Then he became the governor. And then he eventually became president. Mm-hmm. For Trump, there was no, where where the switch happened? We don't know. Also, he just runs as a Republican. And I remember thinking, okay, we had the field of 18 people that were running. He, he's the clown of the 18. Well, I mean, to be fair, he donated to Republican candidates and liberal Democrats. Sure, he did, but the Democrats, business, for yeah. business reasons. Oh, the Democrats, oh, absolutely. It's yeah. All the big businessmen do that. But, you know, all, as all the Democrats in New York, especially Hillary Clinton running for Senate, mm-hmm. you know, they loved to, to pronounce out uh, Donald oh, Trump, sure. you know, because he donated money. He mm-hmm. loved it because there was a camera and a spotlight there, mm-hmm. you know, so it fit. But did you ever really know the way he voted? No, but I look at, for example, the way that he, um, uh, when he got married. Who did, he, who did he invite to his wedding? Yeah. The Clintons. Sure. I mean, what conservative is going to invite the Clintons to their wedding? You know, the Clintons bring cameras. Well, but there, there's that too, yes. But th- there was no but there was no clear transition from being from being whatever he was yeah. to being a conservative. Yeah. Because if I look at it, I've, I've read his books. You look at the course of his career, I don't really see conservatism. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, he runs as a Republican. And then he shows us for the last four years. Yeah. The dude's a Republican. Yeah. But I had a lot of reservations in the very well, beginning. I did too at first. Everybody knows that. But I'm with you. Yeah, if Tulsi Gabbard ran as a Republican right now, and I keep hearing conservatives say, oh my gosh, Tulsi's joining the, the party. No, no, she isn't. Oh, she's, she's... She quit the, the the left. She's more of a libertarian, maybe, you know, but she's she was... She was. I don't think she was ever a hundred percent in the Democrat Party because even in the prime in the primaries when she ran for president, mm-hmm. you know, when they went through the debates, some of the answers that she gave... Didn't, didn't really like. fit the 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 liberal narrative, you right. know. Right. Um, so you know, she was somebody that you paid attention to, but not somebody you took a hundred percent serious because you knew that she wasn't going to go far. Well, I always said, you know, of all the Democrats running, gun to my head, if I had to pick one to vote for, she's the only one I could have gotten behind. Yeah. Not a lot of stuff that she said, but yeah. we so, had some agreements. Yeah. Um, it goes back even to you remember. Um, What's the guy that ran against Clinton in uh, 2012 when she ran the the the, the second time? Um, he 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 worked for Reagan. He was an Undersecretary of Defense. Um, he also served as our senator for a little bit. Jim Webb. Jim Webb. There were five of them running for 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 president under mm-hmm. under the Democrats. And again, gun to my head, he was the only one. Yeah. Now, again, I don't agree with 95% of what he said, but well, he, he had, was more of the old Southern Democrat, the conservative Democrat. Sure. You know. Yeah. He's uh, more of a moderate. Yeah. Yeah. More like a Joe Manchin sort of. Sure. Um, but you, you get those occasionally who pop up in, in, in the Democrat party. <laughs> Did you see Joe Manchin standing behind uh, Lisa Murkowski no. in the, in the um, speech she gave the other day? No. Talking about re-election and stuff, I mean, they showed, kept showing this clip of Manchin standing behind her. He looked like he wanted to be anywhere, <laughs> but right there in that spot. I'll bet. Yeah, I mean, he looked miserable. Uh, but he's another one too. If he ever decided to leave the Democrat Party, 
mm-hmm. um, and become a Republican or become an independent. Yeah, that, I couldn't trust him. The only one really that I'd ever trusted, said I would have trusted, was Joe Lieberman. You know, he was a Democrat yeah. for a long time, and mm-hmm. then he came out and says, I'm not going to be either. I'm an independent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to choose what I think is right, what I think is best. He didn't mm-hmm. he didn't latch onto another party. He didn't do it for you know camera time. Um, I've always said Joe Lieberman was really one of the last statesmen that we've had in, in big government in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there was some of the things that he did that I was not a big fan of. So mm-hmm. you know, but he was at least he was you, you could. If he wasn't, then I'm wrong. But, you know, the way he presented it, you could feel the honesty in his voice. Mm-hmm. And he butted heads with all the big Democrats, all the, um, uh, 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 was it Teddy Kennedy and all that bunch. Oh, yeah. You know, he butted with heads with them on a regular basis. But he also, you know, from time to time butted heads with Newt, mm-hmm. you know. So you could tell the way he, uh, f- uh, he formed his arguments and formed his opinions, you know, that he was right down the middle. He was neither party. So. See, I didn't know him all that well, but what I know about him, I would agree. Yeah. You know, he's one of the, and there's been a handful of independents who have been in Congress, mm-hmm. you know, or in the Senate, you know, unlike, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> you know, he, yeah, he might have an eye after his name. Feel the burn. The, the dude's a liberal. Oh my God. He's a socialist. He is. And so, yeah, he may caucus with the Democrat party. No, he's yeah. in the party. Mean, they, they practically endorsed him for president. Yeah. Until um, uh, Hillary and uh, what's her name? Um, uh, she's on Fox News now. Um, oh, Donna Brazil. Donna Brazil. I want to say Deborah Brazil. Donna Brazil until they screwed him over. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the Democrat. I don't know how he could, even with an eye, I don't know how he can caucus with the Democrats after they've done that to him. I would have been so ticked. Oh, yeah. There's no way I would, I'd, yeah. I'd help them go, going forward at all for any reason. I, I just can't understand some people, you know, that support these nut jobs. I mean, and it's not a matter of politics anymore. It's not a left versus right or Republican versus Democrat. Some of these people are not fit. Uh, uh, Fetterman is not fit no. for office. But yet you see speeches, you see when he gets out to talk that, you know, they've, they've, with Biden waving in at empty airfields, you knew Biden was waving at empty air, airfields. You've got Fetterman out there with just droves of people coming to see him. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're all, you know, Bloods or other gang members. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're thanking him. Thanks for yeah. letting us out, buddy. Yeah, no kidding. Thanks for letting, letting uh, you know, my little brother out of jail, out of prison. Let Ray Ray out next week. <laughs> <laughs> Ray Ray. But, but, that, but that's the thing. If I that, said that, it'd be racist. It would be. I know. No, you're black. You can say it. Oh, can I? You can say it. I'm playing the race card. I you got should. it right here in my hand. Well, say it, man. Say it. Come on. So glad Ray Ray's out. Oh man, here I'll tell you oh, what. Oh my God, Ray Ray loves you. I love Ray Ray. Yeah, he, he has to go way back. We um, do actually. I got a friend named Ray Ray. Honestly, I don't have one named Ray Ray. I do. <laughs> I really do. I have a white guy friend named Raymond. No, no. But, this is a, he's a, he's a he's a vertically challenged young black individual. Younger. Oh. oh. Yeah. Vertically challenged black individual. Oh. Does that actually exist? It does. Oh, it does. That's news to you me. You know, we give each other grief, grief all the time because he knows, man. You know, we're just dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's funny. Short, short dudes. Me and him joke <laughs> around more, you know, than he does with a lot of white guys mm-hmm. because he knows, man. I look after him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's he's just tall enough I can walk over and put my arm on his head. Oh, I've done it a time or two. He gets so mad, <laughs> dude. Stop it! What's wrong with you? People gonna look at me funny. Dude, they look at you funny already. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. He's all right. Um, but anyway. Well, I was going back to say, you know, when, when Biden... Ray Ray never listens to this show, so... 
I'm sure. Well, why would he? Um, there are things to listen to. Yeah. I'm sure the Bloods and the Crips have their own version of the Liberty Room. <laughs> you think so? They probably do. Uh, it's called the We Got a Jail Free Room. <laughs> yeah, Bloods and Crips, they usually don't listen to the same things no. together. <laughs> right? just, just, a, just a little information there for you. I wouldn't know because I'm not in that stuff. <sighs> Neither am I, but it's just kind of... Anyway, anyway so... So what I was yeah. about Joe Biden, when Joe Biden ran, and even to today... Yeah. The dude can't get a sentence out without screwing something up. Oh, my God. Okay. The other day, he was talking about talking about the war in Iraq and his son dying. And then he like, oh, no, I meant to say, like, Afghanistan or something like yeah. that. It's like, dude, just shut up. You have no idea what you're saying. That's you're sounding beautiful. more and more like Fetterman. It's I mean, It's it, sad. It, it's, it's elder abuse. The it Democrat is. Party paraded him out to run for president, yeah. and the guy had no business being president. No. no business running for president. Well, they didn't have anybody else. They didn't. No, you, you know, knew, you and, knew you knew Hillary wasn't getting it. And same with Fetterman. Well, same with Fetterman. I mean, they have no other candidate to run against Oz right now. Well, yeah. So they have no choice but to support this guy who mm-hmm. has no business being in front of a camera, a microphone, anything. And it's not a knock on him from a, a political standpoint. It's look, the dude had a stroke. Okay, something messed up in his brain. Don't know yeah, what but it is. He was questionable before, it, but, but even worse now. Yeah. And to me, it's like, okay, you saw the stroke happen. Things have radically changed yeah. badly for him. T- pull, pull him away. Have you seen his wife? Uh, no, I know of her, but never seen her. She's as nuts as he is, and she never had a stroke. Really? Yeah. Wow. You know, uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. She claimed something. I saw it. Um, oh, swimming is racist. Oh, I did hear about that. Yeah, yes. swimming is racist. I did. She, yeah. they, they wanted to turn the pool at, at the, the governor's, governor's mansion. mansion into uh, like a free-for-all for the yeah. public. Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. If you're not going to live there and you're not going to do it, that's that's fine. Help yourself. I know, um, who was it? Uh, oh, my goodness. I can't remember who they said. But it was a lieutenant governor who did not live in the mansion. Mm-hmm. The lieutenant governor's the second home, mm-hmm. you know, and they opened it up for kids groups and stuff like that and let them go use the pool because it was being, you know, taken care of and maintained and all anyway. So that mm-hmm. was a good gesture. But yeah, she just kind of wanted to open it all up. But it was only for uh, kids of color. White kids couldn't go because swimming's racist. Well, how racist is that statement? <laughs> That's what I said, man. She's crazy as he is and she didn't have a stroke. Oh, my gosh. So, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm completely bamboozled and fooled. So, other than the complete puzzle that is some of the candidates that are being followed by some morons out there in, in, in our listening universe, mm-hmm. um, what's going on in no fruit book you got there? What else are we going to talk about? Well, speaking of elections, there's been a big election in Israel. Oh, that's right. This week, uh, there has been some yeah. movement in world power. Yeah, and a friend of the show, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. Oh, Benji, man. We go way back. Yeah, Benji, you, you need to call in. I, I know you listen to this every yeah. week, so you need to, you need to call in. Yeah. Um, or at least text us. Tell us how, tell us how you're doing. But, um, you know, he basically is poised to win election over in That's That's, that's awesome, is it not? Uh, I think they'll, they'll know later on this week for yeah. sure. So by the time this podcast airs, he should be anointed as the new prime minister oh of God, Israel. There are so many people just boiling in Israel right now, and probably a few on Pennsylvania Avenue. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure. And, and not only is he going to win the prime minister's spot, but uh, you know their government calls the, the, the Knesset. Yeah. How do you pronounce it? The Knesset, it? yeah. Yeah, so originally they didn't think he was going to hit 
I think it was what 62 seats or 61 seats mm-hmm. to have a majority. Yeah, they're projecting he might do something like between 63 and 65. Nice. Uh, last article I saw, uh, his yeah projected to win 65, giving him a comfortable majority to form a government in the 120 seat uh, government. So here we go. They've they've had like they've had like five elections yeah. in the past four years, yeah. and now they'll finally have a government that's going to be stable. A stable government. I mean, a, a mature, yeah. honest, stable government. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Netanyahu he oversaw some very tough times in Israel. Yep. Um, you know, and some very tense times mm-hmm. uh, with some of the Middle Eastern countries, and he's only going to benefit from the uh, you know the the, the work that um, Trump's son-in-law. Did while he was in office, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's already got that to build on because the ones that were there before him, holy cow! I think I was telling you earlier. Um, I've got a client um, for uh, for gun training who uh, he is a he's in the medical field. He's old. I won't say he's older. He's uh, late fifties, early sixties, um, early sixties. Um, when he was a young man, he used to volunteer with the IDF. Mm-hmm. He's Jewish. Um, and I actually saw him this week, and man, he was fit to be tied. You know, there's some stuff going on in New York with the uh, Jewish elected Jewish officials who have now turned their back on the Hasidic Jews, the more orth- Orthodox Jews, and there is really a uh, potential uprising amongst the Jewish faith between the old school and the new school. And uh, man, you talk about fired up. This dude is absolutely fired up at what some of these political uh, um, people of the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. what they're putting forth. I mean, he was like, Chucky Schumer, he's Jewish. Uh, Nadler, he's Jewish. And you know, he starts naming off all these top politicians that are Jewish who have really kind of turned their back on their faith um, in a lot of ways. And uh, that's that was his words. He was like, man, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, there's going to be unrest in the Jewish um sect of people in our on our planet see that's something i've never understood about the jewish people especially here in america is that jewish people are traditionally conservative but they vote democrat they always vote democrat and we have so many yeah p- people in congress who have you know jewish last names so, so a jewish heritage of sorts yeah but yet they don't support their own people no i mean it's it's like it, it doesn't make any sense to me uh, it doesn't to him either, and that's one of the things he said. He was uh, him and his wife went to Israel last uh, this past year, um, uh, when as soon as COVID relief kind of broke up a little bit, and um, he said they got there, they got there at the airport, they get in, they get their bags, they go out and get a cab, and they're starting in there and they're talking with the cabbie, and the cabbie's, oh, you're from America, yes, yes, we're from America, um, uh, and then he's just immediately started talking trash about Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. It was like, I don't understand. You know, they, Donald Trump, you know, his people just signed a peace treaty that's been, that they've been working on for a hundred years in this region, you know, and he's bringing commerce back in. He's, you know, business this and, and started naming off all the positive points to the, and it still didn't matter. The cabbie is all, you know, F Donald Trump. Well, Trump made the capital of Jerusalem internationally recognized. Absolutely. I mean, it, that alone you would, ought to make every single Jewish person yeah. happy. Yeah. Instead of being Tel Aviv or whatever, mm-hmm. now it's Jerusalem well, that they consider to be their capital. As they went through, you know, parts of Israel where Ben's, Ben's originally from, mm-hmm. 
you know, they're talking to people and talking, you know, they're going and seeing visiting family. And because they're from America, all of a sudden, you know, that's the topic of everybody's conversation. He said, I just couldn't get over how many people hated Donald Trump in Israel. And he said, it's just, it's, it's crazy. He said, I don't understand it. You know, so there's getting ready to be a little, uh, a little, a little feud amongst the Jews, apparently. Well, here's the thing, you know, Donald Trump supported Israel like no other president before him did. Sure. I mean, no president would touch the whole Jerusalem capital thing with a 20 foot pole. No, no, not even He was the first president to actually address it and then move the embassy. Yeah. It ticked off the entire known world, and suddenly other countries began to recognize Jerusalem being the capital. How about that? Okay. So Donald Trump did more than any other U.S. president before him did combined yeah. to help Israel. Well, you and know. they're mad at him? For what? Nobody wanted to step on toes from where Jerusalem was located. It was, you know, there were still a lot of uh, groups of Muslims who, who, who claimed that land. Don't care. Doesn't matter. Doesn't belong to them. Yep. Belongs to Israel. You know, Palestinians. You know, there's a lot of different folks out there who claim that region, you know, and that's why nobody would touch it because you don't want to piss off these people. You don't want to piss off those people. Right. Donald Trump came in and go, I don't care. <laughs> well, when, when, when Obama was president, Hillary Clinton was secretary of state. Yep. And she was giving, I want to say the last time they gave money, it was like $900 million to the Palestinians. Mm-hmm. Basically, we're giving money to the Israelis, money to the Palestinians, to keep them all happy. We're trying to play both sides of the fence. Yeah. Trump comes in and goes, yes to Israel, no to Palestine. Yeah. Wow. How about that? That's brilliant. Yeah. Where have you been all this time? Yeah. That's, this is what we. This is what's needed. Yeah. We're playing both sides of the fence, and we're empowering the the Palestinians who are sure. who who, who ha, they, they house Hezbollah. Yep. That's their military wing. Well, at one time. Uh, most of the armament that was either going from Israel into Palestine or Palestine into Israel, all of it had to get a stamp on it. said made in the USA. Mm. Not anymore. You know, thanks to Donald Trump. Who knows? I mean, who knows what the Biden administration has done? Probably but, nothing. Yeah. I mean, we look, look at what side. we did by giving him the, uh, the uh, anti, um, anti-missile technology mm-hmm. to shoot down all those missiles. Yeah. Well, they it was, call it... Um, Iron Dome. Iron Dome. Yeah, that's you know that's American technology. I mean, it gets like ninety eight percent of the missiles that fired into Israel. Yeah, it's and, insane. And there for a while, it was like Independence Day every night huh? in Israel because the Iron Dome was fired up and hitting on all cylinders. Did you ever download the app that they had for it for all the Israelis over there? No. So year it came. I want to say maybe ten years ago. Yeah. Um, there's can we a, fire missiles from home? Yeah, you can through your iPhone now. Awesome. iPhone only, not Android. Sorry. Let me borrow your phone. It's right here. Go for yeah. it. <laughs> but no, you download this app, and what it would do is it would alert you every single time a missile is inbound into Israel. Yeah. And so this was back, I want to say like 2010, 2011, 2012, somewhere in that area. Uh-huh. Back when then, when Palestine was just lobbing grenades over the wall all the time. My phone was going off like every 60 seconds. <laughs> and I mean, it was insane. And, and that's kind of, it kind of, you know, when you... You sit back and go, wow, that's cool. That's a cool app. Wow, what's that's cool. Imagine living in Israel when that phone goes off. Oh, I, I can't imagine that. You know, it's no different than when the Nazis, you know, fired the V2 bombs and, and right. all the different other armament into London. Yeah. You know, people living in subways to stay underground to be safe from the, from the constant bombardment. Mm-hmm. Man, I tell you what, Americans are spoiled. They don't know how easy they've got it. They don't know how easy, what easy living is. Uh, you know what hard times are they they're easy to, i'm saying they're easy living mm-hmm. has just made them spoiled yeah it really has 
you know, I'm. Well, and, and, and I downloaded that app and started listening to, and I was at work one day and listening to all the, the alarm was going on. I had to silence the alarm because it was happening so often. Yeah. But it gave me a greater appreciation for, in my country, I don't have to worry about missiles being shot at uh-uh. us. Not yet. Uh-huh. I don't have to worry about, you know, suitcase bombs and, and you know, whatever. It, that we, don't, we are so blessed as a country to not have to go through any of that. Yeah. But that can change in a heartbeat. Oh, blink of an eye. You know, we're, the way we're allowing terrorists to cross our southern border <laughs> because we, we refuse to build a wall down there. I mean, it's just a matter of time. Hey, walls don't work. Come on. Come on, man. Well, they, they do. They work around the White House. They work around the vice president's oh, yeah. house, oh, but yeah. just not in the southern border or Nancy Pelosi's house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my hammer? <laughs> hammer time. <laughs> Can't touch this. Listen, we touched on that, and I don't mean to jump to another subject <laughs> so blindly, but I, saw I, what you I, did. I have to. <laughs> I have to, man. I'm telling you, listen, I'm trying my best lately to kind of stay away from conspiracy theories. I mean, I mean, spoiler alerts. Uh Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But I'm telling you, the the evidence is is not adding up in this situation. It's not it's not telling the whole story. Mm -hmm. And from the time that we record this to the time it airs, it could be that quickly before something else has come to light. I mean, I'm not, you know, Dick Tracy or, or you know, um, Sherlock Holmes or anything, but there is a few common sense things that I do know. What What do you know? If you take a hammer and break the glass out of somebody's window to gain entrance into their home, mm-hmm. the glass usually pushes into the interior of the home. However, when you look at the pictures, mm-hmm. the glass is all projected outward like the the hit on the glass came from the inside. Well, that's because gravity reversed itself and started to work horizontally. Oh, so. is this like the the Kennedy single bullet theory yes. kind of deal? Yeah, gotcha. exactly. A yeah. single shooter deal? Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. You have to open your mind. Oh, well, apparently. And listen it. to some Alex Jones. <laughs> now, that'll help you frame it in the right frame of reference. Yeah, but then somebody's going to sue me for a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we're all getting sued for a billion dollars. Uh, Welcome to the club. No, well, so, but yeah, and, and you know, we talked about the frame rate, the, the security cameras that were there. And a lot of people don't realize it, that since that is the third most powerful person in the, on the planet, mm-hmm. um, our Speaker of the House, um, the D.C. police is the ones who... Uh, monitor and do a lot of, of protection. Even though she lives in San Francisco, it is monitored by the District of Columbia Police. Why? Well, the Speaker of the House is actually in charge of the D.C. Police. Mm-hmm. You know, they are the final say-so over top of everybody. Um, so the D.C. Police handle the Speaker of the House's security. Um, and, so basically, it's fair to say she's chief of police. Um, well, the chief of police works for her. I was just trying to be stupid, you know, that Pelosi's the chief of police, of the chief of police. <laughs> Here come the fuzz. Here come the fuzz. <laughs> right. Here come the fuzz. It's the popo. Five <laughs> <laughs> o. <laughs> anyway, so they were talking about uh, frame rate, uh-huh. and it's how many pictures are taken in a single frame of video. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't say film anymore because it's all digital. Um, the old fr- uh, movies, high high definition movies. Uh, before you know the the super high def and all that was sixty frame. Uh, it was one hundred and twenty frames per second. Standard TV and stuff is shot in sixty frames per second. All right, so there's sixty pictures in one frame to show fluent movement. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, when it comes down to uh, camera systems like security cameras, um, you're usually going to get around 10, 15, 20 rates. 
frames per second. Even the moon landing, for those people who believe the moon landing really happened, I don't know. It didn't. It was all fake. Okay, so if you believe the moon, <laughs> if you believe the moon landing actually happened, I I don't care. I believe the moon landing was real. But the moon landing, it was eight frames per second. The video of well, Neil Armstrong hitting the golf ball and yeah. uh, planting the flag. No, it wasn't sixty. Okay, sixty-eight. Sixty-nine. Okay, whatever. Yeah. You know I'm getting. My, it's old. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you know, believe it or not, that's one of my first memories. Okay. I was three years old. Really? I was. Wow. And we had been shopping, and my mom brings me home, and we had the little white plastic black and white TV, 13-inch, mm-hmm. on a Ooh, brass 13 TV inch. frame, and I can remember coming in and watching the moon landing. Wow. That's one of my first memories ever. Anyway, that was eight frames per second. Mm-hmm. Even from another, from an orbiting orbiting moon mm-hmm. in 1969, they were still shooting video at eight frames per second. The video that they were using at the Pelosi house, mm-hmm. one frame per second. That's ridiculous. I mean, the Hubble telescope yeah. that takes stationary pictures yes. has a higher frame rate. They could have took a picture from the Hubble and got a better return than they did with the security I mean, we can see on the plow- a Pelosi galaxy a billion miles away <laughs> in high definition and yeah. identify a big bang happening again yeah which it didn't you know but yet one one frame a sec are they trying to conserve storage space i or don't know i don't know but the fact is in a modern day that we live in in technology the way we have it with more you have more computing power in your phone than they had on the Apollo moon mission, mm-hmm. all right, the amount of, uh, of computer space, the computer uh, memory that you carry around in your back pocket, in your purse, in your hand every day filled an entire room at Cape Canaveral. Mm-hmm. All right? So you're telling me... You don't want this to fall in the hands of the Nazis on the moon, though. <laughs> the Nazis on the moon? You ever watched that movie Iron Sky, the documentary? No. There's Nazis on the moon, and they're using an iPhone to power their their big doomsday machine. Oh, are they now? Yeah. It was was a black astronaut. He had a phone, and they got a hold of it. um, Is it like Marvin the Martian, where you're waiting for your earth-shattering kaboom? Pretty much, yeah. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Please continue. (laughs) (laughs) But you're telling me with the technology that we carry around every day, that our government, the D.C. police, and the third most powerful person in the world— they have a security system that was designed by Mickey Mouse. Okay, so let me, let me address Actually, it. that's giving Mickey Mouse a lot of credit. It is. Let, let me address it for a second because I dealt with this a little bit in a couple of my previous jobs. You, you ha- yeah. Being a, uh, a guy, I've had some experience with physical security. Now, I know with some defense contractors, they are storage space limited. Sure. Okay? So what they'll do, as you know, is they'll, they will... They will uh, reduce the frame rate so they can have more storage. So the uh-huh. lower the frame rate, the less data it takes. Therefore, you can store 30 days if you have six cameras. Right. If you want it, if you want all six cameras at full resolution, you better have a buttload of space. Yes. Which you really most places don't have. Yeah, but your security so, cameras really don't usually set at full resolution. No, usually you have it at half, half or, or yeah. a third or something like yeah. that. Okay. One frame a second is the equivalent of my daughter taking her camera and just taking a snapshot, one snapshot, every second. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That That's insane. Yeah. I mean, you, you 
I can't even defend them on that to say, well, they're trying to save storage space. No. This no. is like someone set no. it up and didn't set it up right in the beginning. It never got caught, and now they're figuring it out after someone gets attacked. Well, there's a whole lot of rumors out there. I bet it was a conservative who set the, the camera system tell me, Tell me why is it that when Paul Pelosi called authorities, he referred to his attacker as a friend? Because it was a friend. He, tell me why that Paul Pelosi wasn't attacked with a hammer until police got there and the guy did it in front of the police. You sound like a conspiracy theorist. Tell me how this man, even though you know they live uh, on a street in San Francisco in a well-to-do neighborhood that is not gated or anything, tell me how this man got to the interior of the home and spent as much time there as he did before somebody noticed it. Easy answer. Okay. Very easy answer. Paul Pelosi knew him. There's and a lot of discussion out there right now that say that. You no, know, I've, I've read it and I believe, I believe that Paul Pelosi knew the guy. Now, as I made a comment before, I don't believe in uh, uh, coincidence. Uh-huh. I don't believe in random. I believe that uh-huh. in, in politics, anybody associated with politics, yep. everything is done for a particular reason. Sure. It's quite possible that not only did Paul Pelosi know him, this whole thing was staged. Now, it's possible that what the guy did to Paul Pelosi went beyond what they agreed on. Sure. Maybe it was that it was supposed to look like an attack. You're talking about like a Jesse Smollett kind of a, a Jesse, a Jesse, juicy, ju- ju- juicy. I can't forget. That's what uh, juicy Chappelle Smollett. called him. Juicy Smollett. Yeah. as a juicy Smollett event. So you mean it was two big white guys in MAGA hats? In MAGA a, country. Putting the noose around his hat saying, this is MAGA country. That's exactly what happened. We stand with Juicy. We stand with Paul. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't keep a statement. <laughs> Hashtag, yeah. we stand with Paul. We stand, we stand with Paul. I want to see all these TV shows put on their Instagram, big signs, we stand with Paul. That's right. But you know what kills me is, you know. A after, hammer? <laughs> He ain't getting that close, baby. <laughs> you come swinging a hammer at me. I'm too old to fight, too old to run. I'm just ornery enough to make that the last swing you ever make. <laughs> so, no, you know what that really burns me up about this whole situation, and it's every time you turn on the news this week, it's been about Paul Pelosi and mm-hmm. and about De Pepe, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, De Pepe. Pepe ever, Le Pew. <laughs> did you ever see a Multiplicity? No. You've never seen Multiplicity? No. Oh, my God. This movie. uh, What's his name that played? uh, Michael Keaton. It's a Michael Keaton movie. And he's a contractor, and he's always super busy. Uh And he's doing this contracting work at this super secret lab. Mm -hmm. It's a comedy. And uh, the guy says, do you want more time? I always want more time in the day. What are you talking about? He said, here in the lab, we have a way to make that happen. And they clone him. Oh. Only when they clone him, you know, it only gets certain aspects of his personality. Mm-hmm. So this clone is all about work. Work, 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 work. Well, Michael Keaton's going to the beach. He's going and riding his bike. He's going and doing the things he never gets a chance to because he's got super work clone who's going to work every day. Nice. You know? And then he goes, you know, then his wife said, well, all this extra time you've got, you know, I need some help around the house. And he, all of a sudden it's ruining his fun because now she's expecting him to do work around the house. So they clone another, he goes and gets cloned again. And this time it's more his feminine side. So he's baking in the kitchen and it's Michael Keaton playing all these roles of himself. Yeah. 
you know, and they he makes two or three clones of himself, and he's got the world figured out. Um, and then he comes home one day, and there's one in the in the in the yard who's got like an old leather flight helmet on and a Hawaiian flouty shirt, and mm-hmm. he goes, um, "Who are you? I'm number four. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm spitting on bugs, <laughs> you know." And he goes in, and he goes, "Who the hell's number four? Well, we needed some help, so we figured that we could go get a clone done. And you know how a copy of a copy is never really clear as the original? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So there's this one scene where his wife comes home, Mm -hmm. and number four is not where he's supposed to be, and the wife thinks it's him, and she ends up sleeping with him. Oh, no. And he finds out, and he looks at him and goes, what did you do? And he looks at him and goes, she touched my pepe. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Every time they call this guy's name, I think of number four going, she touched my pepe. <laughs> Paul touched his pepe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> At one point, it shows him sitting over going, I got a wallet, Steve. The guy's not, his name's not Steve. It's just what he calls him. Or he calls the, the original Michael Keaton. Uh-huh. You know, and then a cam's over to him, and he's looking. He's got this real puzzled look on his face, and he turns back to number four, and number four stuffing a slice of pizza in his wallet. <laughs> you know, we used to have a dumb dog we called number four mm-hmm. because, yeah, I'm gonna have to watch that. So movie. every time we say the Pepe or the Pep, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. yeah, I always think of she touched my Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking up where I can watch this movie. Oh my god, it's hilarious! If you haven't seen it, you got to watch. It. It's a little dated. You know, now, but one of Michael Keaton's funniest movies. It's hilarious. Came out in 96. Yeah. It's on Hulu. Oh, uh, it? I, nothing I have. To, okay. Oh, crap. I'll have to find it somewhere. Yeah. He, I'm going to have to rent it. He's hilarious. You don't have Hulu? Not anymore. Oh. Uh, I used to. Yeah. No, it's, uh, yeah, such a funny movie. Anyway. Mm-hmm. She touched my Pepe. <laughs> so I keep thinking of Pepe Le Pew. Pepe got his Pepe touched. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you believe the conspiracy theorists. Yes, and I'll tell you what, as of late, conspiracy theorists have been more right than wrong. That's what I said. It's now called spoiler alert. It is. You know, when you look at all the evidence of this, it's just not telling the whole story. Yeah. You know, we're not knowing. Tell me how an illegal alien, number Mm -hmm. one, Mm -hmm. you know, just because he's Canadian doesn't make him any less illegal. You know, an illegal alien who has a long record uh, with the police, all all of a sudden, you know, shows up in... The third most powerful person in the world's house. Mm-hmm. And the evidence shows that it's more staged than anything else. It's just, it's too many questions. Well, Way get, too many questions. What gets me is the fact that the day it happened, I mean, literally to the minute that it happened, liberals are out there saying, oh, it's some conservative. And all this yeah. right-wing rhetoric, when the evidence now points to the fact that this dude was a liberal. Living yeah. in a bus in his girlfriend's driveway with BLM flags and gay pride flags. Running around with, uh, you know, naked, talking about naked rights. You know, I, yeah, listen, I, to me, what one of the things that fires me up as much as anything about this, every time you turn on the news, we're talking about Paul Pelosi. Every time you turn on the radio, that's what all the pundits are talking about. It has been totally obsessive this week on the news. It has also been very much discussed within the Capitol building. Now all of a sudden they want to pass laws. Now all of a sudden they want to enforce laws. Where the hell were these people at when the guy came up with the Glock and the bag full of duct tape and stuff trying to get to Brett Kavanaugh's house? What about the guy with the baseball bat? You know, or not the bat, I'm sorry, the, the gunman that was out there with uh, Rand Paul trying to kill all them. Yeah. So when it's, oh, you no, know, I'm sorry, not Rand Paul, uh, Steve Scalise. Steve Scalia. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, when he shot Steve Scalia at the base at the softball game. Yeah. You know, we're looking at you know, when it's when it's a violent crime against a Republican, eh, it's just a random thing. Yeah. But, you know, even though there are laws in place to protect judges and court officials, they still didn't want to enforce it. No. They still didn't run off the, the trespassers, the the protesters outside their homes. These people couldn't live any sort of sense of normal life because, you know, just, they have their right to, uh, to, to voice their opinion, you know? But all of a sudden now we've got an issue with a Democrat mm-hmm. or a Democrat's husband, and next thing you know, the world has to come to a stop and we have to pass a law. We have to start enforcing. We have to do this. We have to do that. Um, in the big picture of things, I don't give a crap about Paul Pelosi and his little side hustle he's got going on, whatever it is. What I do worry about is the uh, um, influencing the integrity of our Supreme Court. And when the liberals take a, take a, a chance, even a crazy liberal taking a, you know taking the opportunity to uh, take advantage of the lack of enforcement of the laws that are in place and threaten the life of a Supreme Court, I don't care if it's Ketanji Jackson or Sotomayor or any of the liberals as much as it is the conservatives on the Supreme Court. Yep. That is a violation of the law, and the fact that these people are not enforcing that law, they are in contempt of the American people. Mm-hmm. And I think that law should be enforced on them for allowing it to happen. I made this comment on your Wednesday show. You know, here in Virginia, uh, we have Senator Cree Deeds. Yes. And you know, there's been talk for a long time about mental health rights and, mm-hmm. and, and owning guns. Yep. And, and, and it, it's a fair discussion. And, of course, everyone knows Cree Deeds' son um, attempted to, to kill his dad, yes. Cree Deeds. Yeah. And because of that, legislation popped out literally the next day. Oh, it was no time. About mental health and guns. But Bed it, space. But it took a, a sitting um, a, a, a politician mm-hmm. to go through something bad for it to happen. Sure. A liberal politician. A liberal politician. Yeah. If you and I had that problem, eh, whatever. Yeah. It's just Dwight and Jim. Who yeah. cares? But it was yeah. a liberal politician whose son tried to kill him. Suddenly now we've got to stab a, him with a, with a kitchen knife. Was that what it was? Yeah, kitchen okay. knife. But, but he, had that, some, he had some pretty big lacerations in his head, his hands, his arms. Well, defensive, uh, defensive, you can tell he was in a defensive position. But but that's what it took to mm-hmm. even start to even get legislation. And I thought I approved the legislation, but the fact of the matter is it, it, it took someone of his stature Look at like Paul Pelosi. Yeah. Guarantee you, there was attacked by a, a hammer. Okay, yeah. they're not going to outlaw hammers. No, they're going to come after guns now. Right. They're going to they're going to find a way to turn it back into the, to a firearm debate, and they're going to use this to push. You know, they wanted to get rid of AR-15s. They wanted to get rid of all the scary assault rifles, military weapons. Yeah, they're they're designed for the battlefield. You know, but they'll use this. I mean, again, we, we say we made the same point on your show on Wednesdays. More people have been killed by hammers, cars, alcohol, fentanyl, drugs. Guns are way down the list. Yeah. But that's what they're going to go after because it's an easy target. Sure. Well, you know, suicide is the highest death rate for firearms in the United States. Mm -hmm. If you remove uh, suicide, if you remove the cities of Chicago, Los Angeles, and New York, Mm -hmm. uh, we are one of the lowest gun crime uh, countries uh, per capita in the on the planet. So we should get rid of Chicago, LA, and New York. Okay, I'm good with that. 
I don't see a problem. Yeah. I've lived in two of those three places. Yeah. I'm yeah, let's... I've spent I've spent time in all three. So I mean Yeah, let's... you have too. So yeah. you don't have to live there. You've you've experienced Oh, it. I go to New York all the time. Yeah. We'll just cut them off and cut Chicago off yeah. and LA. Hey. Remember that movie, um, Escape from New York, well, Escape from L.A.? <laughs> Kurt Russell. Yeah. yeah. You got two documentaries that tell you how to do it. Yeah. You yeah. find that fault line in California. We need Kurt Russell now. Get him on the phone. Snake Plissken. That's it. Yeah, we'll get him on there. Get Snake on the phone. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Get boop, on boop, 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 boop. We'll get him and Benji Netanyahu together. Oh, done. And, yeah, then we're moving. Well, I mean, listen, how can we lose? Oh, let's, let's grab Donald Trump while we're at it's, it. It's like, um, uh, what was the movie with uh, Mel Gibson and Danny Glover? Oh, at least the weapon. weapon. Yeah. Yeah. You got Snake and Benji. Snake and Benji. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, we've got a hit on our hands. We just became producers. I think we did. How about that? More yeah. to the resume. I like this. See, Snake Liberty and Benji. Room Productions presents <laughs> Snake <laughs> and Benji. <laughs> We got the uh, Masoud, and we have um, a pissed off American. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, what we call it, the the Yiddish outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I think we're onto something. I think so. Yeah. Oh my goodness! They call up our contacts in Hollywood. We've How got a that? movie. How about that? Wow. No, you get uh, uh, Kevin. Uh, what's his name that used to play the um, Conan character? Um, Oh, Kevin uh, Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo. Yeah, yeah. Get the new, the, you know, the new studios and stuff they're putting yeah, together, yeah. showing uh, him and Kurt Cameron. Yeah, and that bunch. That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it the right way. That's right. Ooh, I'm liking this. Yeah, yeah. This... We, we we can't we can't get Mel Gibson involved. No, no, no. Yeah. That would that'd be bad. Or even Danny Glover involved. Yeah. So you know, too many Jews in it for Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> God bless his little heart. I, I think uh, we might, might be able to rival Lethal Weapon. We could. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm already thinking of a sequels. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a TV series running through my head. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's a great idea. I'm telling you. I know a good videographer. Do you now? Yeah. He's down in Texas. We'll bring him up here. He's a good conservative. All right. My buddy Aaron Gentry. Good deal. What's up, Aaron? I know you, you probably don't listen to the podcast, but, you know. Yeah. I'll make sure I tell him I mentioned his name here at the one hour, one minute, and 56 second mark. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He'll just fast forward to that. He won't listen to the rest of it. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. He don't care about the rest of that you know, crap. Yeah. See, he'll listen more once we start spitting out sequels. Uh, we will. Yeah. yeah. We're talking like billion dollar I'm telling you. sequels. Snake and the Hebrew Hellcat. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Hebrew Hellcat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, oh, we got like Hebrew subtitles? Oh, absolutely. It's okay. all in subtitles. Okay. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I hope. Have you been to the Dead Sea? No. You're going on opening night. <laughs> We're going to float in the Dead Sea. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord, please forgive us. <laughs> well, don't worry. While we're down there, we just put a little note in the wall. We'll be good. Oh, okay. Wow. See? Wow. I've got this all planned out. Yeah, you do. You've been thinking about this for a while, um, haven't you? No, not really. That's <laughs> <laughs> how your, your mind works. <laughs> it just don't shut down. That's the problem. It Jeez. don't stop. I am glad I'm not you. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people say that for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. I'm not jealous of you now. I just, you know. Yeah. Mm. It just, it, that's why I have to focus it in certain areas, because if I let it wander. Mm -hmm. You get mm, stuff like this? Oh, my goodness. Absolutely. This is, this is gold, man. You gold. Like oh, Yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. We'll make Don't Mess With the Zohan look like a joke. <laughs> That's, That's right. a piece of artistic, you know, uh, uh, film right there. Uh, uh, really? Are you kidding? I thought that movie was in stupid. I mean, like, not one of Sandler's best at all. Really? You don't like the fizzy bubbly? I never really cared for it. I never cared for the movie at all. I, I watched it like once or twice. Dave and, Matthews was the crazy conservative mountain I don't remember the movie weirdo. Well. Oh, yeah. I just remember I did not care for the movie. Yeah. I put the movie in the same group as anything by Sasha Baron Cohen. Just not yeah. fun to watch. Yeah. It's just, you got to turn your brain off. Maybe that's why. Yeah. I mean, except for the scenes where you had Adam Sandler like kicking people with his feet and they, they brought, you know. Yeah. The move he could never make in real life, but you know it was yeah. it was kind of funny. That part was funny. But. <laughs> oh my gosh, what was the dude's name? I'm trying to remember his name. Was the bad guy in it? Um, he was the same guy that got turned into a horny toad on uh, Old Brother Where Art Thou. Um, I can't think of his name. I can see. Oh, his... uh, John Turturro. John Turturro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was also in the Big Lebowski. He was uh, yeah, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. He was also there's a sequel to that. Don't mess with the Jesus. I won't use the language he did. <laughs> well, there's a sequel. Did you ever watch that one? To the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Well, it, it, but it follows Jesus. It was called uh, the Jesus Rolls. No, I did yeah. not know it existed. I've never seen it. I ran across it like on Netflix one. Night. I'm like, what oh in the world God. is that? Like the dude looks familiar. It's probably about as good as Joe Dirt too. And it's Totoro with a bowling ball and his tongue stuck out licking the bowling ball. It's it's it can it, it's probably like Joe Dirt too. Things uh, that should not be made. Just yeah. Yeah. The original Big Lebowski was hilarious. Yeah. Just let oh, it well. go. What else you got in the fruit book? Um so another thing we were going to talk about yeah. I, I kind of I I I would I kind of mentioned this in your in your on your show. Uh, about your your favorite gap tooth uh, friend down in Georgia. Oh, President of the Earth. President of of the Earth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Stacy a- Abrams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spitting for distance, baby. <laughs> Can't beat her. I'm telling you, so, champion of the world. That's how she got to be President of the Earth. You know. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. It was a Spitting for Distance contest. I was wondering how that happened. I'm telling you, man. She's got the the big gate right there, right in the no front. Oh my shitting. god. Yeah. Not much practicing required for her. See, this is, you know, talking about people like this is what my mom used to tell me I was going to go to hell for. It's not nice to talk about other people no, like that. No, but but it's probably true. I, not what your mom said, but what I, we said about her. Yeah, no. I mean, I, I wouldn't get in a competition with her. I, I'm not going to take her on this one. No, no. I'm, I'll let her win. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you ain't letting nothing. Have you seen the gap in them teeth? Well, I, I'm letting her as I'm not going to compete against her. <laughs> So I'll just let, let her win by default. Oh, okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. I got you. But she she thinks that uh, even though she has a gap between her teeth and she'd win for you know, a long-distance spitting competition, she thinks that um, Brian Kemp, the current governor, yes. is getting sheriffs to um, take black people off the street. <sighs> like they're targeting black people. As in, hey, we're going to pull you over, black guy. Because you're black, and we're going to take you off the street because, you know, we just don't like you. You know, you shouldn't be on the street. You you should be in jail. I guess that's why uh, I think it's almost every sheriff's department in the state of Georgia has formed a holy alliance against Stacey Abrams. Good. And oh, they should. There was a, some astronomical number of the amount of sheriff's departments in Georgia who have uh, come together to write a letter in support of Kemp because of 
the rhetoric that she just spews out constantly against police. You think by listening to her rhetoric that all sheriffs, I mean, I'm sure the sheriff here in Waynesboro does that, right? What? Pulls over black people and gets them off the street. The sheriff is black. Oh, so he, he wouldn't do it then? No. Oh, okay, okay. So th- Are I'll, you kidding? I'm a white dude that's scared to death to ride through town. Last time I saw our sheriff, I was just scared to stand next to him. I mean, dude's big. Yeah, Chris is big, big guy. <laughs> I love you, Chris. I'm just messing around. <laughs> but no, I mean, honestly, she's making it sound like that all sheriffs are out yeah. there. To, that all law enforcement Listen, are out there to get black people. It's that false narrative that feeds right into that race-baiting bullshit. It is. I'm so tired of hearing that stuff. Yep. You know, you know that right here where we live at, the person I was talking about earlier who complained about me, the activists, you know, they see how I get out and interact with people, and it's obvious that I'm not a racist. You're not. You have me on your show. You know, it's our show. Okay, it's our show, yes. But it's, okay. it's in your bunker. Well, that's just... You let me in the front door, too. I appreciate that. You let me on your Wednesday show. It means a lot to me. You you keep doing that. I'm going to make you go out the back door. <laughs> I'm lying. You're not going out the back door. But anyway, no, but you know, it's funny, you know, and most, most of us are like that. Mm-hmm. We just don't give a crap. Yeah. People are people, you know, I'm not going to quote Martin Luther King and say it's the content of the character because we all know this already. You know, so the fact that you've got people, she's no better than a Sharpton or a Jackson or any of these race baiting pieces of crap that use people's skin color to keep them separated. Yeah. Well, it's modern day segregation is what it is. It is. And, you know, there's recently in front of the Supreme Court, they're hearing a case right now. I think it's against Harvard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ivy League schools that because they were they were doing uh, they were they were bringing in students Uh or giving acceptance based on skin color. Affirmative action. You know, we we have not needed affirmative action in this country for 50 years, but we we keep pushing it. It's modern day segregation. It's modern day discrimination. Our newest Supreme Court Justice Jackson apparently lit into these, this, it's a group of Asians, uh, Asian kids, Mm -hmm. uh, kids of Asian descent who are trying to get affirmative action kicked out of the school selection program. Good. You know, because it's hurting their ability to get scholarships, to get acceptances, to get, you know, uh, advantages to, to U.S. higher education. And and Jackson lost her credit. Uh, yeah. First time, you know, some of the first hearings she's hearing, mm-hmm. she shows her activist side. She's in there doing exactly what Joe Biden put her in there, put her up to do. Yep. Just exactly what all those uh, 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 liberal senators confirmed her to do is being an activist on the Supreme court mm-hmm. and lit into him and, and was like, I don't see any reason why this has even come to the Supreme court because th- there is no info or no uh, evidence whatsoever that says this keeps people out. Well, let me tell you something growing up where I grew up in a coal mine camp in the middle of nowhere, because there was a certain amount of black people who lived there. We didn't have, we had, when I graduated high school, we had three Asians, mm-hmm. all right, from Laos. Um, I know this because I dated one of them. Mm. You know, um, you know, we had some we had some folks who were black who lived in the next town over. There was such a small population of minorities from anywhere that when they did the ratio and balanced it out over who gets what school money, yeah, I was pretty much SOL because I'm a you know. 
a little white cracker from Graveyard Hill, mm-hmm. you know, where I grew up at. So there was limited availability for me to even apply for certain things if I wasn't going in the Army and I didn't, and I had applied for financial aid to go to college. I was pretty much SOL because affirmative action squoes me out. Mm-hmm. You know, so for this judge sitting on the Supreme Court to throw a fit and show her activist side out this early in the game over, it would never, listen, if, if it was a case brought forth by a group of white kids, it would have never made it to the Supreme Court. That's true. But because it's Asian kids, it, it made it to the Supreme Court. And those Asian kids, in this case, um, were treated like less than people mm-hmm. by that Supreme Court justice by doing what she was put there to do. Yeah, she was put there to be an activist. And, you know, my problem with the whole thing is, you know, so the other day I had a chance to go down to our early voting precinct and watch the um, absentee ballots get start to get counted. Yes. I never seen it before, so I got a chance to watch it and watch how you have know, a process. You pull the, the you, have, you, have a, you have a ballot inside an envelope, inside an outside envelope. Yes. So you, you undo the outside envelope, you pull it out, you separate it, um, you look at the inside envelope, you see whose name's on it, signature, whatever. And then the next person would pull the ballot out, not look at it and put and basically would stick it in the machine upside down. So they never saw what's on the ballot. Yes. Okay. That's how these schools ought to be doing admissions. Sure. Okay. When that admissions application comes in, uh-huh. the people making the decisions should not see the person's name. Their address or anything nope. about them is she based on, okay, this person had all straight A's. This person did all the stuff in college or in school. Based on your merit, yep. what you've accomplished, and that's it. Sure. Because if you if I see your name, I can probably figure out for a lot of people what race they are. Oh, that, that name sounds black. Okay, let's put them off to the side. Okay. Or that name sounds kind of uh um, you know, Asian. Well, they got good math grades. We'll put them at the top. You know, <laughs> my point is that they can yeah. easily segregate immediately. Yeah. Okay. That stuff should all go away. There should be no reason why we're even looking at names. Applications shouldn't even have on there what color or what race you are. Yeah. If our federal government took race and color off of every application, let's mm-hmm. let's, let's just start there. But no, we are we are we we are doing it. We're doing it to ourselves. Yes. I mean, when Obama was president, I said this before, when Obama was president, he was the first black person since Martin Luther King Jr. to have a pulpit bigger than MLK ever had. Yeah. Okay. Not that Obama was going to do it, but he could have made things better from race relations just by by speaking it. Instead, he had a beer summit. Yeah. Look how that turned out. Mm -hmm. Okay. But- as president, he could easily say, "You know what? Let's get rid of uh, race off applications." Mm-hmm. They would have done that. Let's let's get rid of um, you know names or 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 where people are from. Or he could have done all that, but he didn't. Nope, he did not. And, and we're paying for his inaction now. Yeah, actually, I think uh, Barack Obama set race relations back decades in this country. He did. You know, absolutely did. Yeah. You know, back in the early 2000s, I think I've told you before, I had a conversation with a black pastor friend of mine who at the time was, was a liberal. I didn't know he was a liberal, but we were talking one day and he made a comment. He, he was older. I was, I was in my early 20s or late, late, maybe like 19, and he would have been in his 40s. Mm-hmm. And he said, Dwight, I believe in my lifetime we will see racism go away. 
Now, this was during the days of George W. Bush. Yeah. I remember looking at my pastor friend thinking, ah, you're crazy. But what he was looking at was he had been, he, he was, he was, he had been back there during MLK days. He'd seen all that stuff. He saw the progression. Yeah. It was getting better and better and better. Sure. Okay. By the time I graduated college, I'm married to a white woman. We started seeing more interracial relationships, mm-hmm. right? It was great to walk through a mall and see a black guy and a white girl holding hands and mm-hmm. no one's looking at him like, oh my gosh, what are you doing? Right. Yeah. Okay. So I started, as I got out of school, I realized this pastor friend of mine is right. It's going away. And then Obama became president. And every time a black person was involved in anything, yeah, anything, yep. he took their side. Sure. When Trayvon Martin did his thing, he said, if I had a son, he'd look like Trayvon Martin. Mm-hmm. Okay. When Officer Wilson had to shoot Michael Brown in, in Ferguson, Missouri, oh, and yeah. was it was it was justified by a by a jury that was like a third black. Yeah. Okay. What did Obama do? He sends Eric Holder down to investigate civil rights violations. Sorry, yeah. civil rights violations. I think I said civil right, whatever that civil is. Civil rights? Yeah. I think we understood what you said. Okay, good. I'm speaking fast. <laughs> civil rights violations. But the point, he didn't do anything to help. No, it not It only hurt. Yeah, he, he fanned the flames more so. That's right. Uh, the, the, those invisible flames between people that were, rose higher than they ever did in Ferguson, Missouri, or uh, mm-hmm. Minneapolis, Minnesota, or any place like that. It's just, you know, uh, the... When Baltimore was on fire. Baltimore, yeah, that's the other one. You had, was was it Freddie Gray and you had the six yep. cops they went after? I mean, it, it, the point is that he did nothing to help relations. It only hurt he things. He actually, to me, he started this just vitriol, this hatred yes. towards police officers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, yeah. it just... Uh, it. it it's unbelievable that what you know police officers sacrifice in everyday life because they're driven for public driven to public service mm-hmm. and what they're treated like and how they're treated and how they're just just constantly being you know uh, micromanaged and under a magnifying glass for doing something that is is so necessary in our society and so um, sacrificing mm-hmm self-sacrificing in our society. And I, I put that blame entirely um, on Barack Obama. And, you know, as soon as he came into office and he, you saw where he stood on that sort of thing, that just, you know, that just planted the seeds of, uh, of a Stacey Abrams, mm-hmm. you know, um, that just fanned the flames under Jesse Jackson and uh, brother Al Shopton. Mm-hmm. You know, the bobblehead, the bobblehead, you know, and you got people like, uh, what's his name? Van Jones and those people like that, Mm -hmm. you know, that right there. I mean, he gave them legitimacy. He gave them power. He gave them a a bigger voice. And and now look where we're at. Look how far back we have gone in relations with, with our fellow man. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. And who, and who reaps the benefit of it? People like Barack Obama. Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. Joe Biden, the elites. Yeah, the elites. Exactly. You know, I said something to this week with uh, Jeremy. Um, he, I, you know, this and this is the last week before the election, and on the live show, um, I brought in the other two candidates, or the candidate and the endorsee um, of our local Republican committee. Me being a Republican candidate for Ward D, uh, Jeremy being the Republican candidate for Ward C, and Amber. Uh, Lipscomb, uh, the young lady who is our uh, Republican endorsee uh, for school board. Mm-hmm. 
and me and Jeremy were talking. You know, Jeremy grew up in Baltimore. He grew up in in Section Eight housing, and he grew up poor, and he grew up, you know, uh, having to spread make. You know, his family had to make that dollar, you know, stretch. You know, and it's funny how we, you know, we kind of grew up the same way. You know, me in a in a in a coal mine camp. You know, with living in the company house and shopping at the company store and going to school to company school. You know, we kind of grew up the same way when it comes to that sort of thing. And you know, it's funny how people like that. Just people in general. You know, we joke around, but have I ever treated you any differently? No, you never have. Have I, I mean, you can talk to people like our, our sheriff, Chris Johnson, and ask, you know, he called me for advice and we worked his campaign together and, and I lobbied and, and, and worked hard, you know, to get a black man elected sheriff in our city. You know, most of us really don't give a crap about somebody else's skin color. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, for people like Barack Obama and Hillary and all these people who use people's skin color... That's just border. That's on treason. Yeah, they're subverting our government. They're using psychological warfare to subvert the people to maintain power and control in our government. That's mm-hmm. treason. Mm-hmm. To me, that's treason because I really don't give a crap about what somebody's skin color is, what their religion is, where they come from. You good to me? I'll be good to you. Yeah, I mean, it's not the American way what they're doing. No, it's not. It's so far away from it, it's not even funny. This country was founded on Judeo-Christian principles. Sure. And, and we're, we're showing today is just the opposite. Yeah. I mean, we've left every, we've left the upbringing this country had because this country, people here want to do what they want to do. They, they want to, they're looking out for themselves. They're not paying attention. They're not looking out for the rest of the country. What's good for the country. Yeah. You know, all the Obamas care about is their lucrative contract with Netflix and the house they just bought on Martha's Vineyard. All Hillary Clinton cares about is not going to jail over her emails and suing, you know, <laughs> and Benghazi and Benghazi and, you know, suing Trump for a million dollars because apparently she wants him to pay for some of her legal fees. Um, that's all they care about. They care about themselves, their bank account. Boy, wouldn't you like to be a Donald Trump attorney? They're making a ton of money right now. They are. He's got so many law, frivolous lawsuits from everywhere. Yeah. You know, honestly, man, when it comes down to it, you know, people can listen to this and people can talk about our friendship or talk about how we talk about each other and give each other a hard time, but also look out after each other. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, isn't it so wonderful that, you know, these, these two people get along the way they do. You know what? I, I'm too tired and I don't have time to, to hate somebody because of the color of their skin. Yeah. I work for a living. I work seven days a week. Who the hell's got time to worry about stupid crap like that? Mm-hmm. The people who don't work. <laughs> Yeah, that's probably it. That's probably it. I just, I, I'm, it just, it just, uh, it's like I told you the other day, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. I'm exhausted with all this stuff. I'm exhausted with the Paul Pelosi. I'm exhausted with this race baiting crap. I'm exhausted. Uh, you know what? I hate these political games. The two words that go, that people put together, political theater, that should not exist. Mm-hmm. And that's all this is. And people play right into it. They do. I'm tired of the games. I'm tired of the bullshit. I'm tired of all that stuff. Just let it, you know, we've had some issues here in Waynesboro lately where, you know, uh, people have endorsed my opponent who's supposed to be Republicans. You know, we have uh, um, people who normally, but from the stereotypes, wouldn't support me in my candidacy. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's finally, we, you know, I, I don't care. I don't care. There's things in our city that needs to be fixed. There's things in our city that needs to go a different direction. And there's a group of us who all agree with that. So all that stuff, that's just, that's just fluff. I don't, I don't care. I don't care about all that. My focus is on doing the best I can for the people of Waynesboro. Mm-hmm. Cause like some people, I don't do it for me. I don't do it for a title behind my name. You know, we, the, 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 the Jim Wood, the Lord Reverend, the, you know, all that stuff. It's all fun and games. You know, but when it comes down to it, I don't need that. What I want to do is, you know, not only do I want to leave a better world for our kids, I want to leave better kids for our world. You know, little Tom McDonald quote there. Yeah. You know, and and it was funny. There's a lady um, who is just she's just an awesome individual. Um, The local Parks and Rec, the local Rec Center. Mm -hmm. um, It's in a part of the neighborhood where most of the black kids live. You know. Um, her, uh, we call her Miss B. Um, I saw her tonight. It's the first time I've seen her in a long time when I ran the Little League football and cheer. Um, she, uh, I used to see her all the time because I'm in there working with football and cheer and I'm doing all my stuff. And I always loved Miss B and Miss B always liked me. Well, tonight I hadn't been there for a while because I haven't ran the Little League in, you know, several years. Um, I'm still on the board of directors and I show up tonight because they had a meeting and I had some board of directors issues I had to talk over with them and um, it's all good. But I walked into Miss B's there and she's changed some, mm-hmm. you know, she's still a great lady. And let me tell you what, the old lady walks around on a cane. Mm-hmm. She's got the biggest voice in there. And when she starts smacking that cane around, boy, them kids come too. I don't care how tough they think they are, how gangster they want to look, or you know how how much they run the roost around their own group of friends. When Miss B speaks, everybody listens. Mm-hmm. All right. And I walked in there, and she just went, "Oh, look at you, still taking care of our kids." <laughs> and she was talking about me running for city council. She said, "If they knew what you did, and they all this, and you know, it's funny." Those people like the activists and stuff like that. They play the political games. They don't know the person. Mm -hmm. As long as Miss B, somebody I respect and I admire for what she's done for the youth of our community, as long as she is okay with what I do, I could give a crap what Jennifer Lewis says. Mm -hmm. I could give a crap what Andrea Jackson says. Mm -hmm. And I'm giving them too much credit by saying their name out loud. Because Miss B, she respects me. Right. She knows what we've done. She knows where my heart's at. I don't care about any of that stuff. And that's what people need to get to the point. You know, stop giving those people a voice. Stop giving them a microphone. Stop putting a camera in their face. And all of a sudden, you're going to see things change a whole lot. Well, yeah, because they'll, they'll have no platform anymore. They'll have no way to right. get that view and out. for the record, I love you, Miss B. <laughs> <laughs> you are an awesome lady. And I'll tell you what, the, our rec center used to be the colored school oh, here really? in Waynesboro. Okay. All right, and Miss B has set up a thing over there that talks about her parents going to school there and mm-hmm. all the stuff, and she's very much about talking about her history and the history of that section of Waynesboro, mm-hmm. um, and I love it because when I see Miss B with out there, out there with them kids, I don't care if they're white kids, black kids, Asian kids. I don't care if they're Martian kids. Miss B still cracks that whip just as hard as she does on those kids as she does anybody, and they all listen to Miss B. She Good is an awesome, awesome lady. You know, we need more people like her who's actually lived through hard racial times. These kids need to listen to them, somebody like her, yeah, rather than than Barack Obama. Yeah, the the the, why, the 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 crappy role models that we have today. Yeah, they're no, they're not role models. No, they're not really. 
No. You know, if they're just figureheads and they're people that come across good on a camera. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, a matter of fact, uh, the, uh, they just redid the Florence street bridge. Oh yeah. You know, here in town. And I wanted them, my suggestion was to name it after Miss B for what she's done for that community. Mm-hmm. Holy cow. You can't, you can't put a measuring stick next to it. You know, she has been Miss B. She has been, uh, she's been a parent to a lot of those kids and sometimes the only voice of reason. But I tell you what, she can go back and she can name kids' names to you and she can tell you she's, you know, she's loved them kids just as much as her family has. Just think of the, the good influence that she's been on all those kids over the Generations. years. Generations. Yeah. Generations. God bless that woman. You know? So, yeah, we, every now and then you've got to dig deep and you've got to find some good in what's going on in this world. We can talk about these race relations and talk about how they try to divide us and all that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know how we are with each other. We know how we are with other folks. Um, but then you see somebody like her, and, yeah, it just supersedes everything, man. That's just yeah. that's just – She's got God's love in her, and she's she spreads that stuff. But I tell you what, she starts swinging that cane around. Watch out! She's got a little bit of God vengeance in her too. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing she, wrong with that. Yeah, she's an awesome individual. So, I don't know. We're almost at the quitting time. What do you think? I think so. We've hit that mark, have Pretty we? Pretty much. Yeah, I don't we even went past it a little bit. It's okay. That's happens not, every now and then. It does. I don't care. You can't say enough good stuff about Miss B. You know what? When you we have a good person to talk about, it's good to talk about. It is. I want people to know. Yeah. There are people like that in this world who go along uh, just an unsung hero. They, they do a thankless job, and they yeah. should be recognized for Absolutely. their contribution. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So Ms. B, I don't know who you are, but thank you. Thank you for the influence you've had <laughs> uh, on the kids of our city. The influence you've had on an old soldier. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> She's had a big influence on me one of these days. I'll take you over and introduce you to that'd her. That'd be cool. Love, she's, love to meet her. She is, uh, she's an, uh, an unbelievable person. She's just freaking awesome. Cool. Yeah. Cool. She used to give me a lot of grief. You hear more than I am, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in uh, to the Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. Don't forget, the LibertyRoom.com is the website you go to to make sure you get in on everything the Liberty Room. Not only do you get in on everything the Liberty Room, that's the site that you need to copy onto your social media page. Spread the word around. Get everybody tuning in to the best podcast in American podcast history, The Liberty Room with Jim and Dwight. While you're there, don't forget to hit that link and climb, climb on over to thejimwood.com. All right, that's with a live conversation show every Wednesday night. Live on five, as Dwight likes to say, five different platforms, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, and Telegram. So good to be on Twitter. Did I mention that earlier? I think you did. Thank you, Elon Musk. Elon, you all right. Sometimes. Um, (laughs) I can't give you too much credit, but the jimwood.com that will get you to, uh, link you to all the different platforms, no matter what your social media preference is. Um, and you know what else? What else? Um, truth social is now on Android. Oh, did you download it yet? I I, I was on the waiting list and I never got a, uh, never got an update Uh and I just noticed it the other night. So we're going to see what we can do about moving over to truth socials. We'll start building a platform there. So either way. TheLibertyRoom.com or TheJimWood.com. That's going to take you to anything that you want to get involved with, with The Liberty Room or Wednesdays with Jim. Until next week when we know, dun-dun-dun, the election results. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a good week, folks. I have a good feeling. It's going to be a long, tiresome week, but it's going to be a good week. Plenty to talk about next week. Tune in next week to The Liberty Room 
or come see me on Wednesday on Wednesdays with Jim. Have a blessed week, everybody.